invite Ryan to speak. I don't know why he's not. Oh, there we go. What's good, Ryan? What's good? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Mayhem. Today, we are going to be talking about uh, NBA playoffs the past two days since we uh, missed uh, yesterday's podcast, which is which is okay. But I'm going to roll the intro, and we're going to get uh, started. Even if you are not ready for the day, it cannot always be night. Sir, that's how I do work. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Mayhem. I'm Finn, uh, and I'm here with Ryan. Um, And today we're going to be talking about uh, the last two days of the NBA playoffs. Uh, I think we got to kick it off with the the first game. What was it? Uh, No, not Tuesday. Yeah, Monday uh, was the Heat versus the 76ers. And uh, the Heat got this one fairly easy. Uh, what were some things that you saw in this game? The Heat and the Sixers. Well, obviously, James Harden. Come on, man. He needs to come harder than that. Only 16 points on pretty bad efficiency, but he did have nine rebounds and five assists. Um, Tobias Harris played really well. Um, yeah, as you know, he's obviously... A great score, as always. Tyrese Maxey played pretty decent. On the Heat side, Bam Adebayo went off. And Tyler Hero off the bench went off, too. But that's that's about it for the Heat. Not, not anyone else played pretty well. Not anyone else played well, particularly. Yeah, I mean, it, w- it wasn't really, like, the most exciting game to watch. It mm-hmm. wasn't a blowout, but... It wasn't very close at any given time. Tobias Harris is a guy that needs to step up, and he did that. But without Joel Embiid, you're going to need more than just Tobias Harris to step up. You're going to need Harden and Maxi, and they didn't really do that in this game. And the Heat are just a great all-around team. I mean, Jimmy Butler is a playoff performer, and even when he's not doing good right now, when Bam Adebayo is on the floor, especially when a guy like I mean, no disrespect, but DeAndre Jordan kind of washed is uh, guarding him. He's going to be yeah. able to cook. He has a lot more uh, scoring opportunities. So, yeah, this was a pretty good game for the Heat. Obviously, they have home court advantage at the one seed. We'll see if they can get it done uh, tonight. Maybe it'll be a little bit of a closer game. But um, the next game was the Mavs versus Suns. Uh, and really, the Mavs, this, this was not the best showing. I mean, what do you think they need to do? Uh, what guys need to step up because it looked like a Luca show and the the rest were doing nothing. Yeah. The, um. So Jalen Brunson, I don't. I mean, he's had a great playoffs, but I don't know where he went in that game. Yeah. He struggled for like the first time in the playoffs. But um, Luca Doncic had like a forty-five point triple double almost. Yeah, and um, but not much scoring other else from Maxi Kleba off the bench, and that's not much scoring elsewhere. They need more scoring if they're going to beat the Suns, who are yeah. a really good defensive team, really well coached, um, gritty team. Yeah, the Suns. If you look at just their box score, and if you watch the game, they were sharing the ball perfect, and they were really balanced out. Mm-hmm. I mean. DeAndre Ayton's your leading scorer, 25 points. 
Booker, 23. Chris Paul had 19. Off the bench, you got uh, Cam Johnson with 17. It was a very well-rounded game, and that's what it, you really need, especially against a Mavs team. And if a team can play like that and still beat a really good team, that's showing that they got chemistry and they know how to work together and it's not one guy uh, taking over. And the Mavs were the complete opposite of that. It was such a staggered box score. You know, you, you got guys like Jalen Brunson, who you expect to have always 25-point games with the way mm-hmm. they've been playing. And he, like you said, didn't really show up, only at 13. I mean, here's the thing. As great as Luka Doncic is, he doesn't have a ton of winning experience in the playoffs. It was, he, that was his first series one against the Jazz. Um, and 45 points and 10 re- rebounds is great, but it's not going to be enough. The Mavs really got to step up their intensity level uh, on defense, and it really wasn't there. Uh, they got, Also, the Suns crowd, obviously, it's it's great. I mean, that was it was a really great game. I'm expecting today another big performance from Luka Doncic, but I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, and those sons. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I and I then, um, yeah. Can't... Oh no! Never well, mind, never well, mind. Just go. Okay. Okay. Um. The next the next game was uh, the Boston Celtics versus Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, this was on a Tuesday, obviously. Um, the thing about this game is it was very uh, unexpected. I would say a lot of people say, uh, th- this is very, it's so mixed emotions right now with the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks because Celtics, your team who comes off a sweep, you just 4-0'd the Nets, who a lot of people had going super far and even to the finals. They, they 4-0'd them, right? Then they go in and Milwaukee beats them pretty easy in Boston, and you're like, oh, dang, Milwaukee looks like they're going to run away with this one easy. And then the Celtics come back, and they win by, like, 20-plus points, and they destroy uh, the Milwaukee Bucks in this game. And it's really hard for what to say. I know this is going to be a great series. There's no doubts about that. And it's just very uh, up and down for certain players. I mean, highlight of the game was obviously Jalen Brown's ankle breaker. He destroyed Grayson Allen on that play. Um, but the the Celtics really came ready to play. I think they not necessarily woke up, but in a in a sense, yes. Uh, Giannis he did everything he could. Twenty eight nine and seven. I mean, there's a reason that there are a lot of people and a good reason have him as MVP. I mean, the Bucks. There was a normal box score. There wasn't really much different. Twenty eight for Giannis, nineteen for Holiday, thirteen for Portis. There wasn't anything crazy. But the team we do need to think uh, about is the Celtics. Uh, J- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for uh, 59 points. They were most of this team. And the fact that they're doing this without Marcus Smart is very impressive. He's the heart and soul of this team. And great job by, by the Celtics fighting back and uh, doing a great job in this series so far. Yeah, the, the Bucks and the Celtics, they traded blowouts. Yeah. And the Celtics, I mean, I mean the Bucks. The Bucks didn't play great defense. Um, in game two, obviously, and they couldn't really get much um, scoring production out of outside of Giannis and um, Drew Holiday. Um, I'm pretty sure Chris Middleton is going to be out for the whole series, so guys are going to need to step up for the the Bucks, mm-hmm. especially um, guys, yeah. And they're going to need to play way better defense. Yeah, yeah, they need that. They can't be letting Grant Williams off the bench. Like, do by Grant Williams, who's mainly known as, like, a defender. 
score 21 points and hit six threes. Like, I don't know. That just doesn't seem realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bucks. Here's the thing, though. If I'm a Bucks fan or the Bucks themselves, I'm not feeling too nervous or too um, stressed anything about this. It's 1-1. The Boston Celtics are red hot and obviously have proved to be a great team. You split with them um, when they and they do have a home court advantage. So that's really the main goal you're looking for. I've said this in the past. If you're playing a great team and they uh, are the home team, especially like for the first two games, and you can at least get one of those to split, that's the most important thing. I mean, 2-0... Um, would be just a, a perfect world, but a great job by the Celtics answering in this one, and this is going to be a fun series. Yes, well, really well said. And the Bucks go back home to Milwaukee to their loud fans. They're um, mm-hmm. ready to try to repeat. Yeah, try to repeat. Go on that back-to-back run. I mean, there's a lot of potential, but with without Chris Middleton, I mean – He's always he's such he's just a really good scorer and he's proven to be one of the best second options in the NBA. So I mean we'll see how that goes. But do you but do you expect another blowout in this one or do you think it's going to even out and start to get really close? Yeah, I think it's going to start to get really close. I think the first two games, I don't know if the teams were ready for each other. Yeah. The, the mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's I what I would. It's perfectly said. I mean, the Bucks, the Celtics in game one, I wouldn't say they were going into a demeanor where they're too good for this or we're easily going to beat the Bucks, but they probably were more going into it not thinking, maybe not playing their hardest uh, or maybe not just thinking the most of it. It was more uh, going into the second series, let's go win, but it wasn't much of thinking about this Bucks team is still incredible. And then the Bucks in the second game, you know, I mean, these guys in the NBA, they're professional athletes. They've experienced things. I'm not saying that either of these teams go into it thinking they have an easy win. They're not cocky in any way. But going into this game, they probably thought, oh, we got one e- game one easy, even though it's in Boston and we can do it again. So, yeah, they weren't ready for each other. But now those first two games are out of the water. And it's going to be, like Ryan said, a really good series. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we should move on to uh, Grizzlies Warriors. I mean, wow, this was a crazy game. This series has had two incredibly close games to start it off, and I really think the Grizzlies have a shot. As much as I uh, praise and uh like the Warriors, even though you know not my favorite team, as much as I have a faith in them to go far, that's the word. Um, I don't know, Grizzlies have. Looks really good in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Grizz. I mean, led by John Morant, who dropped forty-seven. Um, honestly, the Grizzlies are gonna need way more scoring from their supporting cast because Desmond Bain only had five points. Jaron Jackson had twelve points on three of fourteen shooting. John Morant's not gonna have fifty points every game. Yeah. Yeah, if he had like twenty tonight, they would have got blown out. So they're they're gonna need way more from their supporting cast. The Warriors, they played pretty well, um, but they they did lose a pretty big piece, a pretty decently sized piece, um, in like the first quarter with Gary Payton yeah. when he went Lager, out with that like Lager too. Yeah, that was a very dirty foul. Draymond Green also, um, he also got like. Um, hit in the eye. 
and he had stitches in his eye. Jordan Poole, obviously, he played pretty well, 20 points, just his um, three-point percentage, one of six, not the best. I um, mean, yeah. here's, here's the thing about um, the this game. If you look at it, it was very close, like we said, but the Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies in this one, without a piece, who doesn't seem as far as is an incredible player, but for this Grizzlies team, he's probably now their third option and a really good defender. Losing a guy like Dylan Brooks, mm-hmm. who's one of your normal starters and a really decent, good player, uh, was very big. But then you could say the same about the Warriors. I mean, Draymond Green, I think everyone knows the definition of a guy who is an all-star, not because of his stats, his scoring ability, or his uh, flashy plays, but because of how he communicates on defense, always makes the right basketball play, and really just knows how how to rebound and do the little things that don't even show up on the box score. So losing Draymond Green, I mean, he has to get it together. I understand this time it was an injury, but these technical fouls are getting a little out of hand with what's been happening. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what we'll see where the series takes us. Obviously, guys for the Warriors, uh, Clay Thompson. We could see his efficiency rise a little bit. Steph Curry had a great game. I mean, there's really not a ton more to say. Uh, but good job by the Memphis Grizzlies still in this game. But I like what you said, John Moran at 47. He was 47 out of 106. I mean, that's not 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 quite at half, but it's getting close to that. I mean, he's yeah. not going to be able to do it every game. And a guy like Desmond Bain or even Jaron Jackson Jr. that we expect expect a lot from because of how good seasons and first rounds they had. Um, we didn't see uh, a ton of that, but you know, it's a new game. Going back to the Bay, we'll see uh, how that one plays out. Um, was there, I, I'm, I don't follow the NFL, I don't think as closely, at least when it's in basketball season, uh, but, I mean, I guess we can talk about some, there wasn't a ton of huge news, um, but was there anything that you would like to say about that? No, not really, there's not any major news in the NFL. Mm, yeah, I oh, mean, 2020, never mind, no, there, there's a couple that we haven't talked about. Um, first of all, De- wait, did y'all talk about DeAndre Hawkins yet? Yeah, we have. And Tyron Matthew, too? Um, yeah, we did talk about Tyron Matthew. Okay, then that's... Alright, then there's nothing really. I mean, I would like to say, this is just a little add-on, 2022 NFL International Games, Seahawks versus Bucks in Germany, mm, three games yeah. in London, uh, and then 49ers versus Cardinals in Mexico City. Usually it's just London. I like how they're mixing it up a bit. I mean, time zones, it'll be fun to watch these games. Um, yeah. We'll see. Uh, maybe. But- the If the... Uh, I don't know why this makes me think of this, but I just for some reason thought that Kyle Pitts doesn't have a touchdown in America yet. Uh, so if if they're playing in London again, uh, the Falcons, then that would be uh, pretty good to see. Let me actually check where um, who's playing in London. Oh, yeah, uh, Minnesota versus Saints, and then Giants versus Packers uh, are going to be two of the games in London. So it'll be, it'll be really fun to watch this. Uh, I, I like that they do. They try to get international, uh, especially they had a lot of more bigger-name teams that are really good this year that went there. So maybe, you know, some fans who like the NFL will get mm-hmm. to see their favorite team. I mean, that would be a really cool experience if yeah. they come to the country. 
I mean, I would like to add on to DeAndre Hopkins. Oh yeah, um, yeah, because you so, just mean. Okay, so DeAndre Hopkins, I don't understand. I, it's I think it's just really irresponsible and like it doesn't really make sense on why he took these p- performance enhancing drugs. I get that people are a lot of NFL players are doing this and not getting caught. But just because they are not getting caught doesn't mean it's right to do it because there's always a huge risk that you get caught and suspended. DeAndre Hopkins is already an all-pro type wide receiver. I don't understand why he has to um, put put the substances in his body. I think it's just really irresponsible of him. I mean, here's what I want to say. I understand that DeAndre Hopkins, like you said, is a great pro bowler. Uh, here's what I'm saying. Honestly, I don't know. It could just be a lie. It could just be one of those things where uh, yeah. you're just trying to get out of it and not get in as much trouble. Uh, but he posted on social media, I think uh, also on TikTok and stuff. I saw a video about it. He said that he didn't take and he would never put any of these drugs into his body. I I I want to believe somebody who says that, especially I like a guy, I like DeAndre Hopkins. I think, you know, really fun player to watch, really seems like a great guy. Uh, but saying something like that, it's very, it's hard to believe it, especially when you're, they already jumped it and they're just suspended, you're suspended for six games. I mean, there's always a chance that it's uh, not true. But what I don't understand with the NFL nowadays, I guess, uh, is the fact that Calvin Ridley for gets suspended for a whole entire season yeah. because he betted a Betted a for him, like I know five, $5,000 isn't a little bit of money, but for a guy like him who's getting a good contract, uh, a guy like Calvin Ridley, uh, $5,000 in betting, at least what has come out, isn't a ton. So, and especially that he was betting it on his own team to win football games, gets suspended for a whole year. But when somebody's taking steroids to get better at the game, or drugs to get uh, a boost, isn't is only getting suspended for six. But I mean, it's it's confusing with the way the NFL is now. I mean, yeah, and I don't know if this is possible, but the NFL should really relook into the case of Calvin Ridley and decide if they should reduce. Um, the suspension because I don't think it's fair to to take a whole season away from him just for betting games when DeAndre Hopkins took per- performance enhancing drugs and only got six games. I think like I think that would be a pretty fair suspension for De- um for what is it? Calvin Ridley and not a whole season. Yeah, a whole season is just way too much for betting mm, on it's your own weird. team. Yeah, it's weird with the way the NFL makes their uh, suspension rules. I mean, I would I would be way more concerned, like a, a lot more concerned with my player taking drugs so they get better than betting on your own team um, in the game. I mean, obviously our podcast wasn't wasn't around when the Calvin Ridley news broke, but we would have for sure been talking about that. But, hey, I mean, I guess it is what it is. Calvin Ridley, who knows if he was even going to play anyways, though. I mean, I mean, mental health, yeah, obviously. Yeah, mental health, yeah. Yeah, especially with the uh, with the way the world is and the, what we're living in now, mental health is super important. But, I mean, if you, we don't know. Was he going to play anyways? I mean, I guess we'll never know because he can't play now. But, yeah. I mean, that's huge news. Also, some a little bit just more add-ons. 
nothing huge, but Baker Mayfield's trade is unlikely, uh, at least for the month of May. There's nothing probably going to happen. Uh, that's a lot of speculation of that. I mean, it doesn't really it doesn't matter a ton uh, because it's just speculation. Nothing's happened yet. They haven't. The organization hasn't totally denied it, or no trade has happened. So rumors like that are great, but if it doesn't happen, then it. This is just doesn't really matter. Another thing, um, Ryan Tannehill um spoke out about mentoring Malik Willis. Uh, he said, "quote uh, think it's my job to mentor Malik. Uh, th- think it's my job. If he learns from me, that's a great thing." Which I think what a lot of people take from this and what he meant for this, saying uh, that if he learns from me, that's a great thing, but saying think it's my job to mentor Malik Willis. Uh, I don't really think that this is the greatest way to come across for a older veteran quarterback been in the league for a bit on a new rookie I mean hey it maybe Ryan Tannehill is giving us a hint like I'm really mad that you guys drafted a quarterback uh, because I thought you guys had trust in me uh, talking to the Titans but it's really not a great way to come across just for the organization in general saying such a thing like this. Like, I don't, I'm not going to mentor him, but if he learns, that's great. Uh, I know it seems a little cocky. I mean, he's established in the NFL, but what what are your thoughts on this? I, I If I was Ryan Tannehill, I would not say anything such like this. Yeah, I think Ryan Tannehill definitely knows that his time in Tennessee could be dwindling down, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think it was very immature of him to to make these comments to to the reporters. Yeah, um, I mean, it's one definitely should have made these comments. Yeah, it's one thing to say that to the organization or just to close players on the team, but to just set, say that out to the media, like you said, good, great words. In much, it's a very immature thing to do. And also, it comes across as arrogant and, like, I'm too good. Like, oh, if Malik learns from me, that's great. Like, yeah. I, I I think he could have either worded this a lot better or just avoided the talk about Malik Willis at all. I mean, if I'm in this situation, I understand I really shouldn't be talking. I'm just a kid and he's in the NFL. But if I'm in this situation, what I'm saying is mm. I think it'll be a great it'll be great to have Malik on the team. Uh can't wait for him to get with the Titans organization and uh start becoming a really good quarterback in this league. But yeah, his like you said, time might be going away slowly for Ryan Tannehill uh in a Tennessee Titans um uniform or I said Ryan yeah Ryan Tannehill in the Tennessee Titans uniform so yeah I mean I yeah. think that's gonna wrap, wrap it up I mean not much to talk about obviously if if everyone's here or even if we have two whether that's me and Joe or me and Ryan, whatever happens, uh, we'll be uh, with you guys tomorrow talking about the Phoenix Suns-Mavs game, um, the Heat-Sixers game, and if any news is breaking in the NFL. So thank you guys for watching this podcast, and yeah, I guess I'm going to roll the intro, and peace. Even if you are not ready for the day, it cannot always be night. Sir. Six of them like Mike.